Hello, Tom here. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. This is our pub, but not in a pub chat podcast we're doing daily to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during the lockdown. You can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can also follow us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and find out more at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Um, in a slight change to the advertised uh, guest, uh, we have um, our special guest today is Reading City Chairman Martin Law, uh, who joins us on the phone. Hello, Martin. Hi, chaps. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine. A bit hot, but you know. You were uh, you were just explaining to us you you're sat in your uh, in your Highmore Ibis den. Uh Highmore Ibis and Reading City den. Uh some some lovely uh, some lovely shirts on the wall behind you. Um yeah. it's uh, there's quite a quite a bit of history. Um I was just looking at the 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 football club history database and just seeing how far back it kind of went and it's it's was it sort of 1989 it kind of goes far as back back as far as that. Yeah, it does. It's um, yeah. yeah. So I basically, it's probably when I probably took over as the manager, um, which is around then. In fact, I think it was 1990 season I started. Um, yeah. So yeah, a long time, as they say. <laughs> how uh, how did you get involved in? So you were you were manager of of high what was Highmore at the time? I I presume. Yeah, so what, what happened was it was called AFC Heimer at the time, uh, which actually one of the shirts actually up on the wall has got the original badge of the <laughs> AFC Heimer on, uh, which is going back that long time ago. Uh, yeah, so well, what happened was at the time I was uh, sort of playing with um, Whitchurch, AFC Whitchurch on a Sunday, um, and on a Saturday it was turning out for the odd game with CS Ready uh, because obviously I worked for BT. Um but I couldn't because I was working, so it was just Sundays, and then that sort of in and out, really. Um, and then came up for Saturday because I seemed to like the the idea of putting things together, putting teams together, thinking how players play, and basically have my own opinions, uh, which didn't go down too well on a Sunday, as you can imagine. Um, and I've never been one to sort of not hold back, which I've learned over the years too. Um, have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not as bad <laughs> as I was. I do I do put some thought into things at times. Um, but no, so then Chris Gallimore, who I met through, obviously, the football on a Sunday, um, that was the time that Andy Bryant went, left uh, um, from from Highmore as it was, and they all went to Henley to set up, you know, to form and push on that Henley Town did at the time. Uh, they went down and down through the leagues, and they were going to fold. And I thought, why not? It's a challenge. Why not take it on? Um Little did I know that 30 years later we'll be going from a what I would call a sloping little field with a shed as changing rooms to where we are today. So it has been a hell of a journey and it's been fun, hard, met lots of people on the way, but it's 
yeah, you get when you sit back and you look at it, you think, wow, what have we all achieved as a group of people? It's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, um, talk us through your journey with the club, or just the, the brief uh, sort of dates to begin with. Because obviously, you say you started out as a manager in 1990, a chairman now. How did you get from one to the other? Well, uh, well, so try to cut that a bit short. We played for uh, about six or seven seasons up at Highmore Cross. Uh, which if you don't know where that is, it's got about 10 houses uh, out towards the <laughs> nettle bed. Uh, there was a little field um, with some changing rooms, which actually was run there between us and the cricket club. Um, but what had happened was, because we all became really good friends, probably 80% of the team worked for the Brew. Um, and at the time, the Ibis were getting worse and going down the leagues. Um, and we had all their players. So their players should be playing for Ibis out of Rivers, is now, Gowers Lane, but they're all playing for me over at Imore Cross, where they were driving to to play on this little pitch, which showed it was all about friends playing together. Um, so I basically put it to the Ibis. I helped them out on a Sunday and put it to them, why don't we merge the two? Um, that was about, I can't remember when that was now. That must have been around about 2000-ish, something like that. So we merged the clubs together. It was Highmore Ibis on a Saturday and Ibis Highmore on a Sunday. Um, from there, uh, we obviously we won the league unbeaten, uh, which was the first team ever to do it on a Saturday in the Thames Valley League, uh, which was a phenomenal team. Uh, we won one of the cups and we lost in the final to the other one. Um, but from there, it was like we can't go anywhere now. Um, and then about four years later, we five years later, we won the league again. Um, and it was time then to try and look, what can we do? So I went down to Palmer Park. We had a look around. I was told there's no way you can do this. There's problems with it and everything else. And, and actually, it's quite funny because it boiled down to one little drain hole cover, uh, which had a sprinkler head in it. And I kept questioning why, why, why. And in the end, this old boy came along and he went, oh, we can switch that off. You can fill that in. It's not used. And actually, <laughs> that is what changed the whole of where we are now and where we would have been. Because... <laughs> Because that old boy coming along and knowing it inside out, if he hadn't come along and said, you can fill that in, we would have never got promoted to the Hellenic and probably wouldn't be where we are today. So that changed the next bit of the club. And we went to Palmer Park, as you know, we stayed there for four years. We put Ashford around the edge to get over all the legislations and everything else to comply. Um, and then the opportunity arose that did we want to take over Reading Town's ground, as it was at the time, uh, for numerous reasons, which... They, they were just there but when you get a phone call like that saying would you like to take this over and merge the two and, and run it you're like it it was just like a dream come true because power park was getting harder um and also it meant that we couldn't do anything we couldn't raise any money through it we couldn't do nothing at all so this really was the footprint and then gave us the opportunity to play next door to where our youth teams have started next door to where we train, next door to where our, our under reserves at the time played. And you're like, this is just, yeah, well, why? It's, it's brilliant. It's amazing. Did you did you do anything to um, to kind of get that phone call or was it just pure coincidence? It was, it was around the fact at the time that we were just looking and we put some things out saying, look, you know, is anybody, can we ground share? Can we do everything? And at the time, Woodley was already ground sharing at uh, Reading Town, so it wasn't a possibility. Um, and we were coming to the stage of whereby, you know, we were going to have to raise a lot of money to do some things at Palmer Park. And, you know, I got a contact that 
I got a phone call and mm, I met them and they went, this is what we proposed to do, but this is what there is. There might be some things laying in the background, um, e.g. some costs, etc. but would you be happy to take it all on? I just said, yeah, I don't care. We'll just take the whole lot on. It, it was the fact of having somewhere that you could call home. That was the main thing because we, the first thing had become a bit of a nomadic, you know. Humble Park was great, but it wasn't our home. It, it fit a period. Uh, but you want to have somewhere that you can walk into and say, this is where we play. Yeah, not you turn up, you have to get everything out of a box, serve some tea, put it all back in a box, put it back in the car and then go home. You're like, it's like going to a car boot, really. Yeah, you set up, you do what you've got to do, and then you go home. So, yeah, so that, that all changed. You've got uh, uh, so 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 you've moved into the Scours Lane, which is obviously which you, you've christened the Rivermore. Where, how, did you, how did you come up with that? It's something I've always wanted to ask you. It's a slight, it's probably a slightly mm. dull question, but I've I've always won, I've always wondered. Right. Okay. So, I believe that whatever you've done in life is your history, and you should never lose your history. All right, because it's made you what you are today. Whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, part of that has helped you on your journey. And at the time, I'd always had the thought to change the name when it was going to happen, but it was going to happen. You know, I thought about that name and registered it all in 2015 in early hours of the morning when I woke up and I went, that's a great idea. And I just went online and registered all domains and did it all. But it was always going to be something I wanted to do at some time before I said, I've had enough. I'm, I'm going to step away. And one of the things about the Rivermore is it was taking the fact it's near the river. So you've got the Thames but it was taking the end of the moor, the high moor. And that's how I came up with it. So when I, when I say the river moor, it always brings back my memories of what we achieved with high moor, where we went with high moor, where we came from, what we went through, all the great times we had, all the players that have gone through and all the people that have helped. So for me, the moor bit reminds me of that. The river is, we're now, you know, by the river and we're moving on. So it was something very simple, but to me, it actually means something. Oh. Well, I presume that's why you've kept the name, actually, now that um, uh, you're no longer Highmore Ibis. I've always wondered why that was, uh, why the ground name didn't change once you changed to Reading City. I presume that's why it is. Correct. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you, you obviously have some uh, some interesting, uh, some interesting. Uh, I want to say, but you're, are you the tenant? You're, so you're the tenants. I just wanted to understand how... how the kind of the ground works with the festival because are you ten are you guys tenants of the festival or is it just they no festival have nothing to do with it right okay what the festival do is is that part of the lease agreement um, that we have with the council is the fact that for two weeks of the year um, the festival and the council because it's the council can take it back and they've agreed with the festival that the festival can use it for those two weeks um, which is fine because it helps us. It gives us some benefit. It gives us a bit of income. So actually, it all works perfectly together. And it's, you know, it's great. I mean, the atmosphere down there during the festival week is just electric, you know. And fingers crossed, touch wood, in all the time, we've done it now, what, four years, we don't have one bit of trouble. Not one inkling of anything. And you've got like 700, <laughs> you know, teenagers, bar workers in there, and they're as good as gold, you know, and it's... It's quite amazing, really, that you can have that amount of people in such a small area, then it's great. But the atmosphere is brilliant, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> That's how that bit works. <laughs> One thing we just touched on uh, a moment ago there that um, has happened fairly recently is you've changed the name from Highmore Ibis to Reading City. 
Yeah. How did that come about, and how did uh, uh, why why did you feel that um, you wanted to change the name? And uh, yeah, why was the time right for that? Well, I think actually what I said to you a moment ago about we come from a little place uh, called Highmore Cross. If mm. I went to any person, a groundhopper, and went Highmore Ibis, they go, "Where the hell is that?" It could be in <laughs> Scotland, yeah. It could be anywhere, and actually. It's probably one of the most hardest things I've done personally, because obviously everything was steeped in what we'd done as Highmore. So from the heart, it was like, I'm losing something that's very, very, very close. But you then have to put it on the other side and say, are you going to, are you going to be more attractive to the community to do what you want to do and be a community club, bring that out if you're Highmore, or are you better off calling yourself something to do with Reading? And so Reading City is the obvious one because in a matter of time, hopefully, well, obviously with the sad thing that's going on at the moment around us, it probably won't happen this year, but I think the next announcement is probably going to be September. And bearing in mind now the cathedral isn't the main thing. It's around the square foot per person, the amount of people and footfall around that live near the station. Well, bearing in mind they've been 15,000 flats and that around by the station is going to be one of the most populated stations there is in the country. So if it doesn't get it now, it never will. So <laughs> it, it's like one of them. It's and so that's why the main reason to change it was to actually be something and be named to be part of where we are, yeah, rather than some name that nobody can actually relate to unless you actually live in Highmore Cross or you live in Nettlebed or you live in that surrounding area. It means nothing to no one. So that's why. Have you seen any uh, benefit from that? Uh, the, is it two seasons, last two seasons you've yeah. been named? Absolute huge. More and more people getting involved, more support, um, mm. and also trying to do what you want to do as a football club, and that is you want the healthy competitions from all your other local grassroots clubs, but you want to be able to give everybody the opportunity as the overall community to give them an outlet. So if there is a really top player he might get a season with us. But from my view is, I want to push him on now. I want him to go to step four. I want to go step three. Because actually, you're part of his history and he's part of your history. So you can say that you're giving that development, that footprint, which actually is a football club I want to see is they come in at under four, they do their development, they go through the club, they get unbelievable training from the coaching company that delivers all our training, you know. And then basically you push them on. Simon gets them for a couple of years. Dino might get them to start with. Simon gets them a couple of years and then we're pushing them on because actually you're doing what you are in the pyramid. You are a feeder club for the clubs above. Yeah. If you try and stop that, you will never, ever progress as a club. But more importantly, from my perspective is one day we'll push on, but we'll push on when we're ready to push on and not just go out and say, right, there's 30 grand. We're going to go and win the league this year. Brilliant. But, but you're leaving everything else behind. If you leave everything else behind, you get a great big hole and then you never develop. And actually, everything you've got below you, you might as well just get rid of. My aim is to bring everything through. So as we go up, everything will go up with us. And it will take time, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, I just had two questions. One Again, another one I'd sort of always wanted to, to, to ask you about. Was there, was there a reason that you didn't just call yourselves Reading Town? Was that, was, are you, would you have been able to? Um, I mean, I mean, I, I appreciate it's two separate clubs, but I guess more to the point, would you have been able to if you just thought, well, why don't we just call ourselves Reading Town? I think to answer that in a 
in a, in a format that suits. <laughs> they had a lot of history. We had a lot of history as Highmore. Whichever way you went, you were you were still bringing two clubs together. In fact, if you look at it with Ibis as well, you're bringing three elements together that have all got history. So when you look at the history books, by going on as Highmore Ibis, you've actually wiped out Reading Town's history. Yeah. If you change it to Reading City, then the history of Reading Town is still there, the history of Highmore is still there, and the history of Ibis is there. So actually, by doing that, I think I've protected everybody's own individual history. You've not wiped anything out. If we'd have called mm. ourselves Reading, Highmore, Ibis, F- City, FC, then one, the name's absolutely rubbish, right? And it's got too many letters in it, and God knows what Ryan would have done with that as our media man. Yeah, who knows? I mean, Christ knows what would have happened. We'd have had a badge that had gone across the whole of the shirt. Um, but more importantly, you've retained all those history books, and all that history will stay there. So whichever you look at it, Reading Town played from that year to that year, and then they fed in to Reading City. Highmore played for that year, that year. They fed in to Reading City. Ibis fed into Highmore, which fed into Reading City. So nobody loses their identity in the history books. That's, well, that was my idea of thinking, and hopefully that makes sense. It it, it does, and it's it's quite a nice way, as you, as you say, sort of preserving that 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 kind of that history. I think it, in people in football, uh, you know, people who watch football, people who who pay attention to football, they they you know the history is very is very very important. Um, the second thing I just wanted to ask you, uh, Martin, was so at the start of your your first season as Reading City, there were there's you you'd built quite a team up. If I can ask you about this, uh, you you built quite a team up. Um, you had you had uh, Andy Finley and Rob Creech in charge, and then obviously through the season, some something changed. Can you can you talk to us a little bit about that? Um, the, the bottom line on that is, I as I said earlier. For me, it's all about building the blocks. So as if one block falls away, the whole building doesn't crumble. Okay? And we got to a stage whereby we could have carried on going at that rate. My concern was that if we hit a bump or we hit a thing, we wouldn't have the the underneath prime where I wanted it. Um, And, yeah, we were on different pages um, the good thing about it is, is that those pages were seen very earlier on at the start. Yeah, they weren't seen after Christmas when it had been a complete disaster and we would have been, who knows what would have happened. So in that sense, it, it was good. What was came out of that as a positive is lots of great ideas were brought to it and you have to thank people for what they brought to the table because that gave us, gave me some ideas and a different way of thinking about things. Where I've been that tunnel visioned on, this is the football club, this is what we're going to do, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. It brought some other ideas in, which you might think a bit really, really sort of wow. But if you narrow those down and use part of them, it's what we've sort of tried to do a little bit of over the last 12 months. And and it's paying, it's paying dividends. Um, and also, I think that when things happen, you have a chairman, you have an investor or investors. Um, the chairman still has to run the club. And that's that's the big thing for me. Um, and, and ultimately, that was working really well. But then the pages were slightly different on what we were going to do next. And maybe 
you know, things happen for a reason. I always believe that in life. But that's not to say that further down the road, the, those pages both come together and actually it then becomes a really good fit. Yeah. And then you can really push on. But that be further down the road. Not at the moment. Not for what we're trying to do and get the little building blocks in at the bottom and build it, build it, build it. So as nothing crumbles. So that sort of, I guess, leads into nice, uh, nicely into what you see the club moving to in the next five years, both as the first team and, like, like you said, the building blocks around that, uh, the club in general and the youth setup and everything that comes with it. Where do you see yourself in five years, and what are the ambitions? Well, I think not to give too much away, <laughs> <laughs> but there were some things planned, obviously, for the coming season. Um, and we're all in this at the moment of whereby I think there's a lot more priority around in terms of hoping that everybody stays safe and stays well. Um, and I think that actually plans for the future is just to come out of this uh, with everybody well fit and then put what our plans were in for the following season. But in a nutshell, it is to basically make sure that the product we're offering to any child that wants to play they actually get what they're paying for. They're not sold anything to say you're going to be the next superstar. You're not going to be this. We are what we are. Yeah. And that is we start under fours. We go all the way through. They get very, very good coaching, all from FIFA B. We've even got an A licensed coach now who's helping us. We're fact two. Um, I forgot about the other one. Yeah. He won't be happy. (laughs) Two over the top. Um, But, but the point is, they're getting, the, they're getting everything they need to develop, but they're getting the best that they can get. Yeah, we, 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 all the training is done out of the Wren, out of the Wren school. I can only thank them because they allowed us to go in and take most of the, you know, a majority of the slots for hours. Um, and they're fantastic, you know, and, and the Fuzenu is unbelievable. And, and all the kids are getting great coaching. So being where we are, to be able to use that, it's all now within the community. Um, and, and yeah, my aim is to see, like we've done this year, you know, there's four players this year that started off in our under-14s and they all play for the first team this year. You know, some of them had three or four, you know, appearances. And you're like, that's the story. That's what we should all be about. No matter what level your first team or your reserve team's playing at as adult football, you should try and strive to get all the kids through to play in those teams. Because otherwise, why are you doing it? Yeah. And, and I always roll it back and say, if I can now get someone that started in the under fours, that's gone all the way through and he plays the first team, that's the day I step down. That's it. I'm done. Because I've achieved what I want to achieve. Yeah? And and that's it for me. And getting seeing those four play, it, it was it's phenomenal. Because it shows that you're doing it right. The coaching is right. You're getting it right. You're getting the best out of them. And you're progressing them. And bear in mind that one or two of them, you'd never have thought they'd be playing for the first team. But the progression they showed and the understanding, and I, and I owe that to the coaches that, that have come in, but also all the guys that step forward to do voluntary, all the managers. I mean, we wouldn't be a football club without them, and that goes amiss. I mean, the funny thing is there's five or six of them now that actually play for me when I was managing. So it's quite interesting that we've also gone on that scale <laughs> and on that turntable. So that's nice as well because they know me too well. So actually it's quite interesting they even bothered to come back i'm not sure why but anyway that's different, uh, <laughs> so it must be doing something right 
Uh, Martin, I understand you've got a you've got a bit of a link with uh, an academy link. Is that right? I'm just read, reading about that. Yeah. So um, when we obviously had the name change as well, we were lucky enough to form this partnership with the JMA, which obviously uh, Michael Butcher runs, who also now is doing some of our coaching as a license, a licensed coach, really helps us as well and, and brings in new ideas. He's also been um, helping and playing the end of this season. Um, but what that does, it it gives us that extra avenue of, of boys that are want to be, you know, they haven't quite made it as a pro. They still want to do football all day. So they're getting full quality training and then we're picking those up. So a couple of them are playing the first team this year. In fact, there's an interesting stat that since we did the partnership, we've had one playing or on the subs bench for the first team every single game, which is quite an astounding. And also it means it's giving them the outlet. They also represent us in the FA Youth Cup. So that's why last year we've done so well. We got through to the near the first round and played Oxford United at home and we had Oxford United's manager down, their academy manager and everybody else came down. It was a greater thing and, and to just to lose in extra time, it was a bit gutting, but it shows that it's giving them boys an outlet, which gives us extra players, which gives us a link, uh, which is actually really helping the development because then they've got something to strive for. So, yeah, that's a really important link for us and, you know, may it long continue and I think this year it's going to expand a bit more. So, we'll be able to give a bit more to them and they'll give a bit more to us. So that's a really good thing for the club. Yeah. Um, how, so you've obviously, over the years, you've had, you've had some, some different, you've had some managers at the club, especially managing the first team. Um, and obviously currently you've got Simon Johnson. What difference has he made? I, I, I have, I've had conversations with, with Simon as well. We, we talked, um, we talked over the summer about kind of discipline, uh, you know, player discipline and stuff like that. Uh, and and it's you can see by the fact that that it's improved this season and the fact that that Reading are much higher up the table than they were uh, than they were last season. And you know, mostly with the same players. And and, and I talked so I talked to Simon about that. But how important has he been to the club? I think that what I've always always had, I believe anyway. They probably might all tell you different. But I think I've always had a really good relationship whichever manager's been in place, right? Because at the end of the day, whatever happens, I will always stand up for the manager because actually he's me, if that makes sense. So my views are coming out via the manager. Sometimes they'll do it in a different way, but you have to respect them and they have to respect you. And actually, it's been really good over the years. I've had some cracking managers, yeah, and, and some people that have really supported us. So... The difference, the only thing with Simon is, is that he is a young person, but he's got very old shoulders, if that makes sense. There's an old head on those shoulders <laughs> that actually, the way he talks to them, he gets them and understands them. Yeah. And they relate to him. And the players that are playing, they, they respect him as well. And the difference is, is that what he shows you is that he kicks every ball as well. But I have to also say that his management team he's got around him, of Sam, Gaffar, um, and even Joe does the analysis. The thing is, they all work with him. So actually, you can't go to one of them and say, oh, I don't like that decision, because he'll get, sorry, Simon's decision, I'm totally with it. Yeah, there's no there's no break in those three or four. Yeah, and then you bring Dino into the mix as well. You've now got a management team that won't take any nonsense from them, and they're all on one page. Yeah. And if one of them says it's that, they'll all work together to make sure that the rest of the squad realises it. And I think this season, in pre-season, it showed that we weeded out a few. 
because I hear that so-and-so's training with us. Oh, brilliant. This. No, he's gone. All right. He's gone. What's that? Well, his attitude went right. Oh, okay. Fine. All right. We'll get involved. I'm thinking we just lost a well-beater, but that's, that's fine. But then, <laughs> but then you get the way that he's working it is if he's got players that are not ill-disciplined and they're staying on the pitch, they're not getting booked, they're not getting involved, we're not making silly errors, we're not losing so many games. So, yeah, it's it's good. And Simon is definitely the right fit because, obviously, he runs all the coaching. He works for the coaching company. So he also gets to see the youngsters and can develop them, and the youngsters can relate to him because he manages the first team. So, actually, it's starting to bring the youth and the adults together, which is the hardest thing ever in a football club to do because there's always that animosity. But we have none. It's just all coming together because the other thing is that they take the time and they're going to take the time more this year. And part of the thing that I've said to them, I want to see, um, I've tasked them all, all the manager, all the management team, the first team and development, they have to go to the youth games. So they will be turning up to youth games. They will be getting involved. They will be talking to the managers. And I think that will bring the club closer together because the closer we can bring the club together, the more you get behind the club, not an individual, and the more it becomes more of a community option for everybody. You've spoken a lot about the uh, qualities of the current manager there. Um, what qualities did you have as a manager when you were back in the uh, uh, days of Highmore? How, uh, uh, what style of manager were you, and how can you link to, uh, uh, how can you relate to Simon there? Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's put this. Let me put this here in a different way. <laughs> My now circle of best friends was mm-hmm. the team that I managed at the time. Yeah. And I had a view and it was how I was brought up is that my dad had no favorites when I played for him for a little while. You were just the worst player. You got picked last. You got everything because he had, he couldn't show any favoritism. And I was, I was very much the same is that, you know, I'd actually be out in the town on a Friday night knowing where they were and I'll be out with them. But come Saturday, I couldn't care if you're best mate or not because for 90 minutes, the best players will play. And if you're sub, you're sub. I mean, I've had some great arguments, but that's what it is because I always believe you put the winners on the park. Um, and I look for different things in players. These day and age, they, you know, it's a different game. It's more technical. Uh, but I look for different things and I had a certain thing. I got the spine of the team right. We goalkeeper, we centre back, we centre midfield and we, and we goal scorer. That's it, the four. The rest of you will work. And that was it. And that's how I managed it. I did shout a lot. Um, I used to have great fun. Um, and it's well known. I used to have a little black book on referees. I knew which ones you could uh, <laughs> talk to. And you could have a joke with. And others, if you opened your mouth, you're going in that book. And there was certain referees that I knew that one of our centre-backs, as soon as he walked on the park, his name was already in the book. I know it's a bit of a joke, a bit of a laugh. But it just felt like that, and it's probably true. But the good news was <laughs> I never fell out with any of them because I didn't shout at them, I didn't swear at them. I just asked them questions, and they will answer your question. But this day and age, people think they can have a go at them, and that's why, for me, things have changed. And I don't think I could be a manager now because I wouldn't. I just couldn't. It's, it's changed dramatically. Um, I think the passion and the heart and everything else that you wore on your sleeve – I think in this day and age, a lot of that has gone. That's why some of the managers now that do it, we like, oh, brilliant, what a manager. But there aren't many of those. They're all technical now. They sit there. They don't say a word. You know, they've got their little board. They write up what's going on, pass a little piece of paper, whatever they do. Yeah, it was different in my day. 
But that's not to say <laughs> it's good or bad. It's just my view of what it was like in my day. And I did shout a lot. I was loud. You could hear me. Definitely hear me. It's no <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, Martin, let's let's just take it back to let's take it back to the ground to uh, to the Rivermore. Um, the the ground itself has undergone a, a bit of a bit of a transformation. Uh, I, I suppose on the surface, to some people visiting, it probably still looks the same. But if if you go if you go semi regularly, like I, like I have been the last few seasons, I know Rob and I have both been a few times. Um, you know, especially the pitch. The first thing you notice is the pitch is just is a is a different class, and it's it's something that that um, there's, a, a, there's a there's a group of us on 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 football in Berkshire. That we, you, you know, you laugh at the the ground grading regulations because nowhere in there does it say much about the quality of the pitch and yet that's one of the things that you guys have done you've, you've got a pitch I mean we we went to a game this year where it was uh, it was frozen it was frozen around the edge but not on the pitch and also one where Neil Graham our photographer sat in a puddle just off the pitch and you got poor old Peter Toff trying to get his um trying to get his his mobility scooter across the pitch as well but actually the inside the white lines it holds up unbelievably yeah. So, can you just talk us through the the process of that? Why did you decide to focus on the pitch, and uh, you know what's what happens to the pitch to to put it in that good state? Well, it's like everything. It's like when when you're when you're doing anything, you have to have a you have to have a buy to sell product. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. So if you say to a player, "Come and play for us," they go, "Oh my God, you're joking! What that pitch when it gets wet? Well, the bogmar, <laughs> I ain't playing on that. I'd rather go up the road and play on the council pitch." Yeah. Um, and the, one of the things is, is that you have to get your priorities right. So what's it more important to have a pretty looking ground and having a bog, or having a having a quality pitch and a semi good surrounding? Um, and lucky enough, we got Dave Wyeth, who who works in our youth, um, and he basically. Um, it's obviously he does ground facilities and everything else. That's what his business is. And he said, I'll do the pitch. And he does it at a really good rate for us, which we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. But we basically dug out the goal mouth. We uh, put a complete drainage in there. We narrowed the pitch a metre. So as now there's no water seepage onto the pitch. It's all off the pitch. Um, and basically it gets looked after every single day. Um, and that has been the transition, and hopefully this season would have been the season that you would have seen it as an absolute gem. I mean, I know the grass has been treated, it's had loads of fertiliser on it and everything else, but it's like everything. It's The growing season is upon us, and it needs to be tended every single day. Um, you know, So we'll see, but it definitely won't ever go back to the state it was. There's no way, because... We wouldn't have that first team because half of them would say, I'm not playing on that, and they would leave. And for me, that's been the difference of Dave's team working on it, managing it, and us understanding as a club that's got to be the priority, which is what we've done. Um, just be, just before we round things off a little bit, Rob, have you got anything you wanted to? I've got, yeah. Go I've for got it. A question. Um, one of the uh, shirts you've got on the wall behind you there is the I'm All Irish shirt, the yellow there. How. Um... What's the story behind the badge? Because isn't that the Brazil uh, team badge? Mm-hmm. How did that come about? No. <laughs> really? No, never. Never. <laughs> what, you mean that one that's got uh, three stars because we won the league three times? That one, you mean? Yeah, no. That one, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. How uh, did that just, end up? It, it, it just happened to appear one day. I thought, well, that'd be good. 
<laughs> we actually got written to by the Brazil Federation one year, <laughs> saying that we'd ripped off their badge. I went, no, 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 no. You've got five stars on yours. We've only got three. Yes, we haven't. <laughs> but I'm serious. We did get a letter from the Brazilian Football Association saying to us that we've ripped well, off their badge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Well, that was only for a little while. And then, of course, we've now got a newly designed badge. And Ryan, who does all of our media, absolutely loves it. I mean, I think, guys, I think one of the things that you, you touched upon, the club has changed. Yeah. And I think for me, a lot of the changes come that one, Ryan's come in, who you all know, who does our media, who is is superb. Some of the things he comes up with and some of the things he wants to do, it's like, you know, it's just it's just brilliant thought. But we've also got Vicky Pipe behind the scenes, who I understand was behind some of this. Yes. Um but actually what that what that lady does for us is amazing. I mean, she came in just to do the youth fees and look after our youth for us and then there's some place for deal now. Um, but she's carried on, now she runs the facilities and it's like it's just run clockwork and I think it's changed. I mean, you've seen the club out, you've seen the new bar, what's happened to it. That's down to her and she's had all the ballroom done now. So actually the, the ballroom is amazing. It's all been redone, it's been re kitted out and you know, for me I'm just I'm just the one that causes problems really and shouts at people uh but it's all those people behind the scenes that i've mentioned that actually make this club run um and they should be proud uh, of what they're achieving it's not just about me it's about everybody else so it's always the same with me it's not about me it's about all the others that are building this club and giving something back to the community which is what i want i want to see it being used by everybody uh, at some stage and that'll be the key thing for me Nice. Was there anything else, Rob? No, I think that answers my question. <laughs> um, we'll, ju- we'll just uh, we'll just finish off with the with the question that we we always ask uh, Martin. Um, can you recommend a box set or a TV show you're watching uh, to our listeners, just to kind of give them some encouragement and some uh, some enthusiasm to to get through this lockdown? Well, I think behind me you'll see there's a poster. Yes. Yeah. All right. I could watch those, and I do, over and over again. Because it just, for me, I am just a Bond nut. So, yeah, that's my other <laughs> side of me. If you cut me off, it's got James Bond written through the middle of it. Um, because I am, I just love James Bond. I've got loads of memorabilia stuff. Um, but, yeah, I could watch them over and over again. Not quite your, your box set. No, 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 no. Um, There's plenty of them. So, <laughs> But, yeah, exactly. There is a few. And the sad thing is, the other one's been put on hold because of COVID. Yes. So mm. Which um, um, which is your favourite film out of all of them? Oh, that's difficult. Probably Goldfinger. Okay. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Martin, thanks Classic. ever so much for joining us. That's right. Um, one thing I just want to say oh, before yeah, I sure. go, chaps, yeah, is um, and it, it's for me, it's. It's just a big thank you to everybody out there for the NHS who's going in, risking their lives to save ours potentially if we catch it. Uh, But more importantly, all of the key workers that are still going out there and doing everything to also keep everything try semi-normal. And all I want to say to everybody is please stay safe. Um, And when when it comes out of this, the football club will be here and hopefully we can move on together. It sounds like a very good idea, and I'm very much looking forward to my first football match. Where that will be, Martin, is uh, is uh, open to discussion. 
Well, I hope it's with us and it's not with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are within walking distance for me, so, uh, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Um, That was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast, pub but not in a pub chat, with Reading City Chairman Martin Law. You can see more in this series by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for all the latest, and if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. All that's left to say is it's goodbye from me, Tom. It's goodbye from Rob. Goodbye, everyone. Sorry, I've jumped the gun there. Goodbye from Rob. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, And it's goodbye from Martin. Goodbye, everybody, and stay safe.